Okay, guys, Carlton Flowers here, and I'm going to do something different. I'm going to ramble. I am testing out um, this platform um, and practicing on how to find my voice. Now, that doesn't mean I can't hear myself talk. But when I say trying to find my voice, that means trying to find a, a comfortable, happy medium where I feel like I'm giving good content, but that I'm not sounding like I have like written a script or I'm speaking in a way that I wouldn't talk when I'm in conversation with people. And so right now, I feel like I'm picking over my words and I'm not being 100% natural. So I'm trying to find my voice. So I was uh, recording last week and I like deleted four recordings because I was talking about this whole gun issue. And to practice on just free forming and finding my voice, I'm going to talk about this gun issue and I'm going to jabber until the end of this off the top of my head and I'm not going to mince my words and it's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to see if I can make a couple of points that you might find interesting where you can talk back to me and say, I agree or disagree. So the gun shooting in Florida, it's tragic and all of that. And the kid, I remember watching on the news and the kid that was talking about, we got to stop this now because we are scared and living in fear and blah, 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 blah. And I felt so bad for those kids to have to witness that. And I'm disgusted with mass shootings in the first place and the people who are capable of doing that. But you know what? I got to thinking, I'm like, kid, can't nobody give you 100% safe feelings all the time? You're not ever going to feel safe. You know, I grew up and we thought that the world was going to end in a nuclear holocaust. So we were scared about that every day. And nobody could take that away. You can't put anyone um, in a completely safe situation. And if you tell a kid, we're gonna pass legislation to make you feel safe, you're lying. Nobody's ever gonna be able to guarantee that you're gonna feel safe in any situation because you're not. You know, it's just like 9-11. What about the 5,000 people who died in those towers? You know, it depresses me even thinking about that. Those people thought that they had security, but they were not safe and nobody could guarantee them safety. And nobody even has a guarantee of safety against a terrorist attack like that, even in the future, unless we just beef up the military. We don't have safety against knowing that there's not going to be a military strike. And so these poor kids are thinking that we can pass laws. And it's because they're young. They don't understand. You can pass all the laws you want in the whole wide world. You're not going to have safety. And yeah, we should pass laws. The responsible thing to do is to put some bans on uh, guns. You know, the gun control should be there. But guess who's going to abide by that? Law-abiding citizens who aren't the gun threat. The people who are capable of murder and criminals, they're going to get their guns. Which leads me to my next episode. All right, I'm back in your face for part two. Actually, I'm in your ear. So while I'm in your ear, <clears throat> I'm going to let the window down a little bit and turn the radio off so I can get a little bit of breathing air while I continue this. So here's the shocking part. Um, for all of you folks um, that don't think about the things that are way out there in left field that I think about, here's the situation. We can pass laws and be responsible, and it is the right thing to do to pass laws and rules about gun purchasing and gun usage. But there's two things that nobody is considering. 
Thing one, and this is the elephant in the middle of the room. Do you not realize how big the whole underground illegal gun trade market is in the United States? I mean, man, okay, so I've got sources and I'm not going to say, but I know people in certain areas, uh, both law enforcement and outside of law enforcement circles that have confirmed this. There is a very robust, vibrant and active gun trade that goes on in the United States, in big cities. In fact, there's a ring right right in St. Louis. Um, now, these aren't guns that are registered. These aren't guns that have serial numbers. These are guns that are not traceable. They're selling them by the truckload. They're buying them as fast as they're put out into the streets. There are people who buy them who are involved in illicit and illegal uh, activities, and there are also people who buy them who are everyday uh, average Joes that work jobs. So if you pass new legislation, if you ban all guns, it's not going to stop a person from being able to access a gun to do something really horrible. But nobody seems to be talking about this. So meanwhile, we have these kids at this high school making these pleas before Congress saying, adults, you've really screwed up. We don't feel safe. You've done nothing about it. And it's politics as usual. If you uh, really had a heart, you'd get off your butt and lay the politics aside, make us safe. And we're not telling them the truth of the situation, which is that no matter what laws you pass, I'm sorry, young man. I'm sorry, young lady. You're never going to have a full chance of being safe. Now, here's the other elephant in the middle of the room. Everybody keeps going on and on about assault rifles and the AR-15 and how we need, how how is it that you can buy an AR-15 automatic rifle? Well, first of all, it's not automatic. And second of all, let's say you put a ban on the AR-15. Most people who are pushing for that ban don't realize that there's plenty of other rifles that you can buy that are semi-automatic that do exactly the same thing. And the only difference between them and the AR-15 is that they're made with beautiful wood that looks like something you would go out deer hunting with. But if you wanted to shoot up a bunch of people in rapid fashion, you could go buy a deer rifle and you could do the same thing. You could buy the same gun that has the same stock that fits it and shoot up as many people as you could with an AR-15. But nobody seems to be talking about that. And all we wanna holler about is gun control. Well, there's a reason for that. It's political because we only trust our political party. Whatever the Democrats tell us, we believe that uh, this is the truth of the matter and we have to trust what they're saying. So if they say that we need gun control to make you feel safe, you're gonna believe it. If you're a Republican, they are backed uh, they back up the NRA and they say that it's our right as Americans, we have the right to bear arms and you don't want an attack on our constitutional rights over something as silly as uh, mass shootings when people can buy guns from every which way and laws would not stop that, but they want to punish the law-abiding citizens. That's what the Republicans are going to push. And so either side will only believe what their political party has brainwashed them to believe, and then nothing gets done. 
So the next episode, I'm going to go on a little bit more about this, and I'm going to talk about what I think would be a good, sensible solution that lies outside of all of this political stuff, from this automatic political vomit reaction that we're hearing from both sides, which I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. Is there anybody else that sees through this? I mean, or is it just me? Am I an alien? Am I the last person on planet Earth that can see through all of the nonsense? where two different political parties would describe one situation completely differently, where they're 180 degrees out of phase, where you wouldn't even believe that they could be describing the same situation because their beliefs are so far out of whack from each other. Stay tuned for part three, where I tell you what the sensible solution is, and I'm going to touch on this whole thing of Trump talking about arming the teachers. So you'll like this. Hang in there. All right, let's start part three. Carlton is back again, and we're going to pick up where we left off last. So now we're going to talk about arming teachers. So Trump came out and said the answer to this is quite simple. We arm the teachers, and the teachers can protect the students. And honestly, we do kind of guard places that uh, obviously need armed guards, like banks, other institutions, airports, places where security is very important. And then it makes you wonder, why don't we guard our schools where our most precious commodity, our children, reside every day unprotected on a daily basis? Um, there's a lot of fighting about this. Half of the people are saying that's the stupidest idea in the world because teachers just want to focus on teaching and don't have the time to become armed guards. And then there are those who say that this is the obvious choice because if a student knew that teachers were armed, they would think twice. They would not come in to shoot up the place or to kill people. And that uh, this is obviously the right you know, answer. Um, everyone is wrong because everybody has taken a political stance. It's either the conservative or the liberal approach. And everyone is wrong because they can't step back from the situation and look at look at it from bird's eye view. So let's let's look at why both sides are wrong. First of all, the liberals are wrong because they say that no teacher should have a gun. Uh, we need to take away guns. We need to prevent it at the root and eliminate the chance of somebody showing up to school with a rifle and shooting the place up. It'll never happen. We can't do that. If we went door to door, now imagine the society we would have to live in if we were to round up all the guns. And as I already covered in episode two, there is an illegal gun economy that is very robust and it thrives right up underneath our nose and no law is going to stop it. So that throws that out. You can't ban guns. It just won't happen. You're going to ban it from the people who will never shoot a gun. Now, let's look over on the conservative side. So Trump says put the guns in the hands of the teachers. They're wrong, too. All right. So even though there are some teachers that say that they would definitely conceal and carry and they would uh, step up to the plate and shoot somebody, gun somebody down if they had stepped into the classroom to shoot people up and commit a mass murder. Let's think about this for a second. Take the people who are trained to carry guns, police officers, people in the army, the armed forces, armed guards at banks. Are there ever instances where people who are trained to handle guns mess up? Sure are. Now, are you going to tell me that a person who is charged with being a teacher is going to be able to have the skill needed 
with a handgun to take out a person who comes in with a rifle to shoot up the place, to kill, to do mass murder, that this teacher is going to have the ability, the skill, to take down a person who has a rifle that enters a school. Now, it's hard enough when we have police in schools, but now we're going to trust a teacher with a handgun. Now, those of you who don't know anything about guns, it's a little harder to aim and to have great uh, accuracy with a handgun than it does with a rifle. But we think that we're arming teachers and we are immediately going to eliminate the threat. Hmm. Sounds kind of far-fetched to me. Very far-fetched. And it also sounds like to me that uh, if this was actually put into place, if they actually went forward and started arming teachers, we're going to have accidents. What happens when someone accidentally fires a weapon? What happens when there's mayhem and a person is busting into a school shooting and there's a mad dash and scrambling going on and a teacher has a handgun and aims to shoot the perpetrator but misses and hits an innocent victim? What happens? Nobody thinks about that. Because this is stuff that happens every day with people that are trained to use weapons. But now we're going to expect the teachers are going to be Rambo or going to be uh, Wyatt Earp and have wild, wild west gunslinging accuracy and the ability to stop the person who is a threat with a rifle. So uh, I think we need to all calm down and stop fighting each other and think about this logically and step outside of the political... Uh, the political divide, and come up with a sensible answer for this. That's what I got to say about that. More coming soon. Carlton is here on this hump day Wednesday, and I'm just talking. I'm still trying to find my voice and figure out the best way to talk and sound intelligent yet sound natural, and also to provide a podcast that is worthy of being listened to, that is entertaining Interesting, well thought out, organized, but also free form. Okay, so let's stay on this gun thing. Apparently, 90% of the people in the United States are following the uh, story as it develops with the school shooting in Florida, and 53% of Americans are following it very closely. And I still have questions. I'm trying to understand, and I'm still not going to take sides with the political divide, because I think that the... Uh, parties have it wrong, both sides. <clears throat> the gun control lobby, they've got it wrong. And the NRA, Republican conservative side, they have it wrong too. Everybody's wrong. And it's because they are allowing themselves to be emotionally manipulated and controlled by the political parties because they have their hearts on, uh, what do you call it? Marionette strings. They've got your hearts on marionette strings and they control you like a puppet. That's right. And um, as I always say, emotion, when we trigger the emotional center of the brain, we override logic. That is correct. And that is something that goes back to ancient times, to the caveman days. And it's just a fact. That's a fact of life. Emotion, short circuits, logic. That's why everyone has this wrong. I have a few questions that I'm wondering about why people are not 
discussing these things. First question I have is on the NRA people, do they actually think we shouldn't change anything with the laws at all? Um, with I'd, I'd love to see the data of whether or not the kids who have shot up schools, if they obtain those guns at places that are legal. I'd like to know that. And then I'd like to know the percentage of people that shoot up folks that obtain guns illegally. I think that would be very useful information. And then if we're finding that serial killers actually go about buying guns by legal means, then it would make sense to tighten the laws. And um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how people who are banned from flying, they can buy guns. And so we don't have any coordination between agencies that, that regulate. So if you can't get on a plane because they think you're a terrorist, you can walk in and go buy a semi-automatic gun in a gun shop. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking, and so that's, that's you know, my thought is that the NRA folks, uh, it's, a, it's a political, emotional trigger. And they don't think anything should happen from the laws. And the, the, we should always do the right thing, even if... It doesn't work for those who abide by the law. I'll explain that in a minute. On the other side of the equation, I don't understand all the people who are going bananas about saying stricter gun control, stricter gun control, ban all weapons, ban all guns. And then nobody is talking about how, what was it, 60 or 70 instances of the kids who stated for fact that they had discussions about this kid being the type of person who would come up and shoot up the school in the future. So they knew that he had the propensity for mass murder. Why wasn't anything done about that? I don't know, but why aren't we discussing that and taking it seriously? Right now we're focusing on gun control and listening to these kids blaming the government, blaming the governor, blaming law enforcement and everyone else uh, for not making them feel safe. Yet no one stepped in when everyone was having multiple discussions about the fact that this guy was one that was well thought of for being a serial killer. I'm scratching my head on that. I'd love to hear somebody explain to me why we're not focusing on that right now when we see the obvious signs and then nothing is done. So that's that's kind of strange. Um, now, getting back to the other point on the uh, the making certain guns illegal. I made the point in the last episode that there's no difference between a deer rifle and a assault rifle, which it's actually an AR-15 is not an assault rifle. Look it up. Um, they're identical guns. Um, you can even switch out the magazines. Uh, but anyway, getting back to, um, illegal, making them illegal. Since when does making something illegal stop that activity from taking place? Am I the only person thinking about this? When was the last time that making drugs illegal stopped uh, drug activity and murders and stealing that goes on centered around drug activity? Crack cocaine is illegal. So is heroin. So is meth. Methamphetamine. I'm in the, the world capital of meth, Missouri. We make more meth than anybody. We're the Heisenbergs of the world right here. It's illegal. But does that stop the market? Does that stop people from buying it? Does that stop people from becoming addicted addicted to it? Does it stop people from shooting others or committing crimes because they are needing money to buy their drug and support their habit? Does it stop people from having gang-related wars over territories? No, it does not. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's, uh, wow, 
why why do we think that making if you know, if we if we banned all guns is that really going to have an effect um so maybe serial killers purchase guns legally and we'll get rid of that problem but do you think that will make guns on the streets disappear is 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 drunk driving legal um do we need to tighten up on the drinking and driving laws we've lowered the alcohol blood alcohol limits has it stopped drinking and driving are alcohol related deaths going away since we made drinking and driving illegal something to think about we still contend with that each and every day we have organizations like mad mothers against drunk driving who are on the forefront of making it a social issue to drink responsibly and not drive and hand over keys because the laws don't stop people from doing it. So how are laws going to stop serial killers from shooting up schools? That's just my thought. So please comment if you would, if you're on either side of the political fence and tell me what you think. This is Carl Dunn, I'm out. I'll be back again soon. Good evening, everybody. It is Carlton Flowers, and I am back on the airwaves. It has been a minute, a good solid minute since I have made an audio for the best podcast in the United States covering the most controversial topics and the issues that nobody else wants to acknowledge. So I'm driving home, and I thought I would get this off of my chest. I'm sick and tired of all of your political bickering. I've had it, people. I've totally had it. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm the last person left on the face of the earth who can see through all of the political division. What What? What do you mean, Carlton? What do you mean? I don't understand. Please explain yourself. Well, let me explain. Why is it that we flip-flop on things based on the uh, political um, views or based on our um, political party participation. We will abandon what we hold true to our hearts if it means uh, our political favorite in our party has switched views or done something that would previously have been unmentionable, offensive, and unacceptable. Case in point. Well, let me give you an example. Now, remember back during the Bill Clinton days, we remember what Bill Clinton did, which was reprehensible in cheating on his wife in the White House and then lying about it. Now, everyone said that Bill Clinton was morally unfit to be the president. He lies, he cheats on his wife, he's a womanizer, and he's a crook. And he was all of those things. And so the Christian right said that he must be impeached because he's unfit. And if we can't trust him in those issues, we can't trust him as being the commander in chief. Fast forward to today. And Donald Trump is the president who is just as crooked, if not worse, than Slick Willie himself. Yet the Christian right, our Christian brethren, Uh, On the conservative side, of course, is not all Christians support him, Um, namely with the uh, African-American Christian community, for the most part, does not support him. But the Christian right has turned Donald Trump into a patron saint and defender 
of the Bible and the Ten Commandments. So anything and everything he has done in the past, he has uh, officially been absolved of because now he says the Ten Commandments are very important and he prays for our nation. He prays for the nation. So now he is, he's a, he's a disciple of Jesus. So we can forget all of those things that he did. Now, what I can't get in my head uh, is when you hit the rewind button and you listen to his interview on Howard Stern. I think they scrubbed all the videos, but you can still find a transcript. Google it. Donald Trump, Howard Stern, 2010. Listen to the man talk. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's twisted, X-rated, and sick. And this is the same individual who is now the defender of the Bible, of the Word of God, and making America great again. So we give him a pass. Now, Bill Clinton was reprehensible, morally unfit. But since Donald Trump, who used to be a Democrat, is now a conservative Republican and uh, making America great again, in other words, taking us back to how our values and beliefs were in the 50s, it's okay. He gets a pass. And now the excuse that we give is, what's that got to do with governing? It has nothing to do with it. So it only has to do with governing when you're in the wrong political party. <clears throat> so, of course, all of the Democrats who are accusing him now of being morally unfit are the same ones who accuse the Republicans of being obsessed with sex. Everything is about sex. What has sex got to do with leading the country? Look at the old YouTube stories. Watch the videos and news reports of how the Democrats defended him and gave him a pass. And then listen to what they're saying now. Now, isn't it funny? So here you have nitwits who are involved in both political parties that abandon their morals and their beliefs as long as their guy or gal crosses that line and does something that they would have otherwise thought to be reprehensible. Isn't it fun to watch all this happen? And now we have to put up with watching the two biggest liars in the United States in James Comey and Donald Trump go back and forth duking it out, accusing one another of being the biggest liars in the country and being morally unfit and unable to be in leadership positions. How fun is that? This is Carlton. I'm out. Rant over. Totally, completely over. Segment number two being recorded in my high quality recording studio here at my home. In other words, the larger room. For the topic of this segment, we will discuss the Confederate flag. There was a friend of mine who posted on Facebook tonight that had a picture. She shared a picture taken by another friend that was of the bumper of a vehicle that had two bumper stickers with the Confederate flag and some statements about being proud. And uh, I can't remember what the bumper stickers said, but they were kind of in your face. One of them said something about uh, we were the ones who first defended against terrorism. I think that was one of them. And then the other one said something about uh, there was nothing 
civil about the civil war in defending uh, our rights. And so um, it uh, it it was kind of a controversial type of thing. I guess it's supposed to be in your face that um, uh, it, it displays the truth as they see it that's behind the Confederate flag. So at any rate, this person had shared it on Facebook to talk about how racist people have gone mad in Jefferson City in displaying such deplorable bumper stickers meant to stir up controversy. So I commented on this and I said, you know, this whole discussion is, this argument is one that will never ever be resolved. And the reason is, is because both sides don't understand each other because they have different definitions of what their statement of basis is. They don't know what they're arguing about. Here's what I mean by that. The individual who owned the bumper stickers, their definition of the Confederate flag and the reason why they have those stickers is all about states' rights and being anti-totalitarian government. And that the government of the uh, United States, the Union, they were terrorists enforcing themselves upon the South and taking away their states' rights. But the individual who saw the Confederate flag bumper stickers saw the racism behind those Confederate flags because, of course, we connect the Confederate flag with those who used to put it in our face during the 50s and 60s the most, which was the Ku Klux Klan. So, undeniably, there were many people who were hideously racist that used the Confederate flag when protesting against the Civil Rights Movement, and you will never be able to take those images out of the minds of the people who had to go through that and who observed it. So, two completely different views of what the bumper stickers meant to the individual who owned them. They were talking about uh, federalism and state rights. To the people who saw it, they saw the flag and not the statement in the lettering on the bumper stickers, and they saw it as a symbol of racism. And so we argue about the Confederate flag, and the reason why we will never resolve that argument is because we have completely different definitions of what it means. So does that mean I have sympathy for the states' rights Confederate flag people? No, I don't. You know what? You, you got to come to grips with the fact that you allowed the racist people, the Ku Klux Klan, to brand your Confederate flag to mean what they wanted it to mean. And if you were really about states' rights and uh, anti-federalism, then maybe you would use the flag of the Confederacy, which was the Stars and Bars, and not Battlejack. Because what was Battlejack used for? The war to identify those who were fighting against the North, and then after the war it was used to terrorize people who disagreed with their beliefs. It was meant to strike fear. It was used in rallies. It was used in harassments and lynchings and harassing the carpetbaggers who came from the North to set up their government to run the South. So that's why I have really no sympathy. So as there's no solution to this conundrum, 
The only thing I can do when I see the Confederate flag is throw up my hands and walk away and not waste my emotional energy on it because I know that it will never be resolved because we're human beings and we refuse to see the obvious. This is Carlton. I'm out. Thank you.